Are you having trouble deciding whether you're a faggot or not? Do you have anxiety attacks in public where you can't breathe and you can't think straight and you feel like you're going to faint and you suddenly have a panic come over you and go, Oh my God, do I like cock? Am I a faggot? Well, if that happens to you, you might want to look into BetterHelp.com. That's our sponsor for the podcast today, BetterHelp.com. If you have faggot tendencies, uh, like me, because I'm a faggot, and when I go out in public and I see, you know, a hot guy running, right? And I think to myself, oh, I'd like to do, I have horrible faggot thoughts. Like I want to eat his ass. I want to gag on his cock. I want to stick my tongue down his throat. All kinds of weird thoughts. Oh, you know, I wish he would like pull my hair and just fucking take me from behind. Weird faggot thoughts like that. Maybe you need betterhelp.com. <laughs> but in all seriousness, there's a betterhelp.com commercial where uh, there's a lady and she's sitting there. And she just, all of a sudden, she's like, Siri, I can't decide whether I'm gay or not. I just don't know. How do you not know? How do you not know what you like? What, who the fuck doesn't know what they like? I'm sorry, I just can't take you seriously if you all of a sudden go, I don't know if I'm gay. I can't, I don't know. You know, it's like, you know, you do know. You might be hesitant to admit it. You might have hangups about it because of the way you were raised, whatever. You know what you are and what you like, especially if you're especially if you're a man. If you're a man, you literally have a meter, which is called your penis. And that meter is going to raise and let you know it's going to flagpole and it's going to let you know what you like. So don't give me this shit if you're a man. I don't know if I'm gay or not. I don't know. I need better help to come. So you, you know. Stop being stupid. You know. And th- this is how I wanted to open the podcast today because I seen this commercial for betterhelp.com. It's a woman. She's talking to Siri or whatever. And she's like, oh my God. What about this? Should I be monogamous? All the, you know, asking these stupid questions that you really should just take time and think. You don't need to talk to someone about what you like sexually. You should be able to figure that out yourself. We are a generation of helpless people. If, if you really need therapy to figure out what your sexual orientation is, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in a lot of trouble. You're going to get nowhere in life. All right? It's very sad, it's pathetic, and this is where we're at, where people are just helpless and 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 can't figure out, I don't know what's causing all this. Like, you really need, I don't know whether that's just their commercial, like whether there's really that many people out there that can't figure out whether they're gay or not, or whether they're just trying to reach out to that community somehow. I don't know, I don't know what their deal with their commercial is, but it just... It took me by surprise that there are that many people. It's like, is there really that many people? And I I don't know about BetterHelp.com. 
So, you know, I've heard a lot of um, negativity coming from BetterHelp.com that it's kind of like just a, a company that's just trying to get your money when really you should be going to an actual therapist. And act, you know, Well, apparently they do have actual therapists, but you know what I mean. Someone who's like, you need to go and, you know, probably meet with someone in person and get reviews from other people and get somebody legit that maybe can even, maybe even a psychiatrist, someone who can prescribe stuff for you. And uh, especially if you can't even figure out whether you're gay or not, um, I would suggest not going to betterhelp.com. I would suggest, even though they're the sponsor of the program today, uh, I would suggest going and, you know, maybe even talking to your primary care physician and getting them to send you to a therapist. Um, But even that has problems because, you know, I I live in the South. A lot of times you're going to get some kind of like, Christian therapist person that's going to send you down the wrong path. But I don't know. I don't know whether to shit on all Christian therapists. There's a whole lot of them out there. Um, You can't, you know, lump them all together. You do have Christians that are very good at what they do and very well thought out and um, could probably help you. But then there's a whole lot that are just in it for the wrong reasons, you know. So, um, like I used to know a lady and she was a licensed clinical social worker, but in the state of Alabama, you can, uh, apparently from my understanding, I don't know if it's still this way, but you used to could do be a therapist. And I remember asking her, I remember, uh, asking her, Michael, but you don't do any like therapy training when you get your, uh, LCSW. And she's like, yeah, but I'm, I, I can do it. I'm certified for it now that I got my LCSW. And I'm like, that's kind of fucked up because you're not really trained for it as a social worker, but that's the way they had it set up. So there's a lot of like really, and I don't even really know how good therapy is. Like, you know, like people talk about it like, oh, so, you know, I've heard Andy Richter and other people talk about how great therapy is, how it's really helped me work out a lot of shit in my life and it and the whole time I think to myself well it doesn't sound like you have a bunch of shit worked out in your life it uh, it sounds like you're still having a lot of trouble in your life <laughs> but that's just my opinion what the fuck do I know um so you have this bitch that's just like freaking out. And, you know, there was someone a, a couple of weeks ago posting on Reddit about how they couldn't figure out whether they're gay or not. And I'm just like, there's certain people you should just be like, you're being a fucking, like, I'm sorry. Sometimes you have to tell people you're being a fucking idiot. All right. You're being a fucking idiot. You just need to tell them. All right. And when someone tells you they can't figure out their sexual orientation, tell them you're being a fucking idiot. When someone tells you they can't figure out their gender, which I have more sympathy with that one, I guess, but I'm like, you're being a fucking idiot. Like, you, you, you know what you want to be, you know, pick one, you know, like I, I'm open. You just, whatever you tell me to call you, 
whatever you're telling me, you know, if you really don't know, try try something out. You know, if you, if you think you want to be a woman or a man, try it out for a little while. See how it works out. All right. Just, you, just figure it out. Because... <laughs> Because I'm not going to sit around and deal with this nonsense where you're apparently, you know, that's not to say like uh, there are people who legitimately have issue mental health issues and legitimately have struggle with their gender, struggle with their sexuality, things like that. But some people I'm like, you're you're just attention seeking and I I don't want to be a part of it. So I'm telling you as one faggot to another to get your shit together and stop pretending you don't know who you are as a person. All right. There's some people that are just attention seeking drama queens and they want to suck all the energy out of the room. They want to suck all your energy out and they want to take over your day with their nonsense and bullshit. I'm sorry. I'm not taking the bait. I'm not going to sit around Entertaining the idea that you don't know what gets your dick hard or your tits hard or your pussy wet. I'm not going to fucking entertain that idea that you don't know what you like. Because this is just me. I feel like I've, I feel like I'm hardwired. I feel like I'm hardwired and I've always felt that way. That my sexuality is hardwired and I've always known what I wanted. Uh, it took me a long time to admit it to other people what I wanted. But I knew what I wanted. So just stop. Just stop. <laughs> you know, you've got to be able to just, you know, cut through the bullshit. And don't let these people take up your time with their bullshit. They know what they want. They're not struggling with anything. It's like they they know where they lean. They know where they're they what they want. They just want to take up your time with their whiny bullshit. Grow up. All right. Now that's my old man boomer rant. Even though I'm not a boomer. <laughs> uh, this is biscuits buttered uh, with Victoria Vandenberg. This is the greatest podcast in the history of podcasting. Uh, we're currently. Uh, the second highest rated uh, podcast, the second most watched and listened to podcast on Spotify, uh, right behind Honestly with Barry Weiss. She uh, took the top, so I think she gets like 30 million listens, and then we're getting, you know, about 22 mil, about 22 mil. But, you know, people just love Barry Weiss. I don't know. I don't get it myself. I just love to hear bitch about Palestine and how she wants to bomb them. But I don't know that, you know, it's not for me, but people like it. So what can I say? We're going to try to topple her and be the number one podcast on the internet. But one day, maybe one day, if I just keep at it, if I just keep at it. Uh, So um, I usually take the, after I introduce the podcast, I usually take time to um, talk about what's going on in my life. I had a good weekend last weekend. Uh, went uh, back to Los Trojas uh, and ate some uh, really good Mexican food with my uh, husband, my future husband, uh, Raul Duke. And um, 
we had a wonderful day, man. Went out and seen Ant Man. Uh, I guess I'll, you know, you know, basically we spent a whole night of passionate lovemaking in a cheap hotel. And um, I'm just gonna. This rant's gonna go all over the place. So just you're just gonna have to deal with it, okay? This is just something you're gonna have to deal with because I'm gonna talk about every little thing that I can find to bitch about. I'm gonna bitch about it, okay? So you're gonna have to deal with it. So, uh, where, where should I start? Oh, yeah, I wanted to bitch about the hotel. So, we go to a Red Roof Inn, right? And this is the second hotel I've been to. And I don't know if anybody's noticed this, that they're not taking deposits on the cards anymore because they're like, eh, the, the, the cards are charging us for using them. We want you to put the, the deposit on a card or on, on in cash so i ended up having well first off this guy i've been to this hotel several times because i reserved this hotel when me and raul duke want to have you know a long time together and spend the night so uh i had been to another hotel the um key west Inn, and he was like oh, oh, oh. cash deposit can't just put on the cards like why not you put everything else on my fucking card well, anyway, so I get to this other hotel, which they have waived the deposit before at. And um, so this goes, like, I can't, I can't waive the deposit. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I know you can waive the deposit. I absolutely know that it is your decision to waive the deposit. And I'm not even asking you to waive it. I'm just asking you to put it on my fucking card. Because I don't want to have to drive 10 fucking miles to an ATM and get an ATM charge just because I am ready to fuck Raul Duke. All right? And he's sitting there like, no, man, don't you see the sign that says new management? And I'm like, no, no, no. I've been here several times, and the lady that's here will waive the goddamn deposit for me. And uh, he's like, no, man, no, man, we can't do that. And I'm like, I know you can. You're fucking lying to my face. And I know you're lying to my face. And I just want to tell you, you're lying to my fucking face. And uh, so he ended up making me have to go, uh, even though I sat up at the register for like 20 minutes arguing with him, I ended up just giving up and going and getting the cash deposit. And I told him when I gave him the cash deposit, I'm like, this money is coming back into my hands tomorrow. It's coming back into my hands as soon as I check out. You don't need this cash money from me. And he sealed it up in an envelope and put it in the safe. <laughs> and I'm just like, because I don't tear up hotels. I don't fuck shit up. And when I went to check out, he even had him check the room. And I'm like, the only thing that's wrong with that room is there's a bunch of like cum and sticky lube all over the fucking bed. And I think that's just the bare minimum that you can expect from, you know, that is the bare minimum you can expect a room to be at when people leave the next day. I mean, there needs to be a little cum. There needs to be a little lube stains. I mean, that is what hotel rooms are for. Fuckers. Um, so yeah, we went over there, we went and seen a movie, we, you know, I took him to a store where he sent some money to his family in Guatemala, 
we uh, uh, went to Mongolian Grill, which was um, it's not that great. Mongolian Grill and Florence is just ugh. It's not that great. I prefer Evergreen myself. If I'm going to be eating Chinese food, I really like Rice Box. I really like that Peacock. Um, I really like Umi. That's technically Japanese, I guess. But, um, you know, I just, I'm a rice person. I love rice. I'll eat anything with rice. But anyway, we went to Mongolia, and that's not important. It's a bad restaurant. Don't go there. Not unless you're, like, depressed or something, I guess. Um, you know, sometimes you just, you know, there's certain things you do where you go, wait, should, I might be depressed. Maybe th- this is what BetterHelp should do. This, this should be the BetterHelp commercial right here. If you're drinking Milwaukee's Best, if you're eating at Mongolian Buffet in Florence, Alabama, that should be the commercial. You're in Mongolian Buffet in Florence, Alabama. You're piling your plate down with their shitty General So's chicken and their shitty fucking overcooked rice. And you're asking them like, hey, do y'all got Milwaukee's Best? And they're like, no, we no set up beer. Fat American, we don't need, we don't sell beer. Must you get unsweet tea? Like, oh, okay, I'll take my unsweet tea. That should be the commercial for better help. It's just you in a Chinese restaurant stuffing your face full of really bad Chinese food, and you know it's bad, but you know that you've got the feeling that you want Chinese food, so you're going to just fight through it, right? <laughs> BetterHelp.com. If you're eating Chinese food and thinking about drinking Milwaukee's Best, call us immediately. If you're thinking about eating a Toblerone candy bar, call us immediately. Get online and check in with a therapist immediately. Okay, so we went and seen... um, I think I got a lot of movie reviews I got to get to. Uh, which is probably what I'll talk about. I've got all kinds of things that I wanted to talk about today, but uh, it's kind of late at night. And I know I didn't record a podcast on Sunday. I apologize. As, uh, when I went out Saturday night, I didn't expect to be out all night into the next day. And Raul Duke's uh, sometimes very demanding. Uh, so I obviously had to take Raul Duke uh, to... Uh, get some uh, quality tacos. Uh, and actually, speaking of Raul Duke, I think he just uh, messaged me. You know, oh, he blew me a kiss. This is true love, people. This is true love. It really is true love. Let's see here. Let me see what I can send to him here. I'll send him a smooch. All right, so... Uh, where was I at? Where was I at in all this? Um, okay. So we, me and him went and seen Ant-Man. Okay. I don't, I don't understand how Raul Duke, Raul Duke does not speak English. I literally talked to him over Google Translate. I'm doing the Duolingo. I'm trying to learn Spanish, but I'm really bad at it. So I got that going for me. I'm really bad at Spanish. Well, anyway, we go to see Ant-Man. He said he loved it. Raul Duke approves of the new Ant-Man movie. Um, I, 
I can't. So, uh, so we went and seen this fucking thing. And, um, when it first started out, I really loved it. And there are some characters that I really liked. Okay. I liked that, um, you know, it had Bill Murray in it for a little while. All right. But even he's doing a bad job and he's just kind of dialing it in. I'm like, I expect more from you, Bill Murray. Um, and there's not enough of them. There's only like one scene with Bill Murray. I'm like, I need this whole movie to be based around a foundation of Bill Murray. Well, anyway, so there is a little like squishy, like weird character that's obsessed with holes. That's if you're going to watch this movie and I don't know what this character is called. If you're going to watch Ant-Man, watch it for this little smushy gel jellyfish gel character puffer thing that is obsessed with holes. It's obsessed with holes. It's constantly asking about how many holes people have. And it gets excited when it gets its own hole. And that, that's the one thing I liked about the movie. Everything else sucks. So I'm trying to remember the uh, name of the bad guy in the movie. Um, hold on. He's texting me again. I love you, baby. Okay. So, yeah. So the bad guy, I think, is called Kang. And it's played... Um, is it, is it the same guy that's in the Star Wars movies? I, I don't know. It's played by a black guy. And this character, this bad guy, is so goddamn dull. I mean, I just... The bad guy's really what ruined the movie for me. Is I needed more comedy. I needed more cool shit. The visuals were very stunning. I mean, it was a beautiful movie. Um, and there's lots of good, it starts out really good and strong and I really liked it in the beginning. And then it just kind of teeters out and kind of drags and the bad guy, I just fucking hate the bad guy, the bad guy. And it's not the fault of uh, the, the actor guy. Um, it's not the fault of the actor guy. I think it's the fault of the writing and just the characters kind of like a dull character. And I, I just, I think it could have been better. You know, there's been so many good Marvel characters like Thanos and other people that, you know, that I really got into and loved, but this one, I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I can't, I forget what the name of the, there's like a giant head that runs around like trying to kill people. It's got like small arms and small legs and he's like a giant head. That thing was cool. I liked that. But even that I feel like could have been done better. So uh, Ant-Man, I don't know. If you got kids, take them to see Ant-Man. They'll probably like it. But I thought it dragged. I thought it started out good and then just kind of got shitty. But uh, I can't fault it on the visuals and the actual production quality of it. I, I feel like it was pretty, pretty god damn good all right and this one i'm going to try not to even pause this podcast this time you know usually i'm always pausing to look up stuff and find stuff but uh there's so many movie reviews that i could talk about today that i'm just going to try to like blast all the way through this podcast so um where do i begin okay so some I had a weird Saturday. So I woke up Saturday and I had to take Raul Duke 
to the store to send money to his family in Guatemala, took him to the cricket store to um, get him a new phone. And then I had to take him back because he had to do something for his aunt. He's, he's very, he had to do something for his aunt for her birthday because he's very, uh, that's what I like about him. He's always helping people. So I took him back. And while I took him back to his house, because we went to the movie later that night, we left around four or five to go to the movie. Uh, and in that period of time, I noticed on one of the pirate websites that they had a little movie called The Whale. All right. A, movie, a little movie called The Whale. Um, where do I begin with this movie? Um, I just want to state, first off, that I heard that this, my impressions of this movie is there's two things I heard about it. People, you would hear people praising, um, what's his name? Is it Brendan Fraser? Brendan Fraser, for his acting in it. And then you would also hear, it's like kind of bipolar reviews. You also hear how terrible a movie it is. I was like, okay, well, what is it? Is it a good movie? Because you'll hear someone say it's the most brilliant movie ever, and then you'll hear someone say it's a horrible movie, and you know, and then they'll be like, but Brendan Fraser was great, right? So, um. I just want to give my honest review of this movie. This movie is a masterpiece. It's it's a fucking masterpiece of cinema. I think it's the best movie I've seen all year. And I, that's saying something because I really love the Banshees of Incheren. Um, But this movie, quite like the Banshees of Incheren, because um, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, you know, one great thing about the Banshees of Insharing is it makes you feel something. This movie, The Whale, really, really, really makes you feel something. To the point to where I don't think you're going to be able to get through it without crying. I have never in my life seen Saul a sadder movie than The Whale. I don't believe I've ever seen a sadder movie than The Whale, ever. It bears repeating. I think this is a masterpiece of a film. I think it's the best movie I've seen all year. I think that um, Brendan Fraser deserves the Academy Award, without a doubt in my mind. He deserves the Academy Award. Um... And I believe that, um, oh, I forget the, the uh, Aronofsky, is that his name, the director? I, I believe he deserves maybe the best picture for it, all right? But here's, here's the thing I want to warn you about. This is not a feel-good movie. This movie is a masterpiece of sadness and depression and depravity, okay? This is not a happy movie. This is not a movie that's going to make you feel good. It's quite the opposite. It's going to make you feel horrible. You're not going to feel good after it. You're just not. And there are scenes that I just, 
I don't know how anybody, you would have to be a sociopath not to be crying. You know, when Brendan Fraser's like, I'm sure to do something, one thing right in my life. I'm just sitting there like, you know, I'm trying to like hold back my tears when he's saying that. But then, you know, at the end, with what happens at the end, that just sent the waterfall flowing. I mean, it was just downpour of tears and sad. I mean, I've never had that reaction to a movie. There's very few movies, like, okay, one time I cried in a movie a long time ago, and it was that Three Billboards Over Ebbing, Missouri movie. But I had a reason to cry during that movie because uh, a close family member had just passed away. So when Woody Harrelson died in that movie, I cried. And I realized it wasn't really Woody Harrelson that I'm crying about. I'm crying about the person that just died in my life. <laughs> so I had an excuse then, right? But the whale is legitimately, they set you up to make you cry with this movie. It is just devastating. I, I'm I'm trying to think of all the sad movies I've watched over the years. There's been a lot of really sad movies I've seen. But this one just killed me. It just killed me because it hit home. You know, it hit home. It's a morbidly obese. It's about a morbidly obese gay atheist. And he has gained so much weight because his boyfriend died. That he left his wife. He left his wife to live with his he went off and left his wife for a student. And then um, his boyfriend ends up dying. And it's all in the backdrop of this very conservative religious atmosphere that they're in. And, you know, he has like a fucking missionary that's visiting him and his daughter's like crazy as hell. But, you know, there's more to that down the line. And I've just, I've never quite seen a film and I don't know I I, I might rewatch this movie eventually because it's just one of those films where I like I really connected to it because this is a story that no one would tell I guarantee you like because apparently this was a um, play before it was and I'm like damn I guarantee you nobody in Hollywood wanted to make that but Aaron that error I don't even know if I'm saying it was Aronofsky am I saying that right He's just like, fuck it, it's sad, I'm going to make it. And he did a brilliant job, and I fucking had about a 10-minute cry afterwards. So that's all I'm going to tell you about it. It's about a morbidly obese gay atheist, and he's just trying to make things right in his life. Well, he's trying to make things right with certain people. The way he goes about it, you know, the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, why don't you just, you know, lose the weight? That way you can be in your daughter's life. But in his mind, he's like, like this is what I can do. <laughs> you know, but anyway, I would suggest watching it, but just know that this movie is, is going to rock your world. The whale is going to rock your world. It, it, it's hard to deal with. Um, it's rough. Okay, I've watched a lot of movies lately, so this this I think this whole podcast today is just going to be because uh, I've got other stuff that I wanted to bitch about today, 
But I think I'm just going to talk about movies for the rest of the podcast. And maybe I'm off. I'm actually off work tomorrow and the next day. So I might try, don't hold me to it, but I might try to record another podcast before I go back to work on Friday. So, um, because tomorrow me and Bert's Chili are going to go to Nashville to see the crash test dummies of all people. Yes, I know. And I'm kind of worried about it. It's at City Winery. I've never been there before. And uh, Birch Chili told me he looked up live performances by the Crash Test Dummies. And he said they kind of suck live because the uh, lead singer apparently likes to go on long rants. Um, go on long rants during his song. Like, instead of just performing his songs the way people want to hear him, he, like, kind of just doesn't take it seriously and just talks about just tell silly jokes and stupid shit while he's like, no, we just want to hear the songs. You know, this, this happened to me a long time ago. I went to see Edward Sharp. Um, and he didn't perform his songs the way, you know, he performed them all differently. And I don't mind bands doing that. Cause there's bands that do that, that mix up their stuff, you know, like Pussifer and Dave Matthews band, people like that. And it ends up being really good the way they mix it up. Then there's some people that mix it up and it's like horrible the way they mix it up. And that was Edward Chart for me. Well, anyway, I just want to bitch about that for a second. Um, let's see here. Oh, the next movie. Well, anyway, yeah, we're going to Nashville. Crash Test Dummies. I will record a podcast and tell you how it went, tell you whether I would recommend going to see them, and I will recommend whether uh, you should go to City Winery or not. We'll, we'll see how that goes. So another movie I watched, and this was on one of these uh, pirate websites where you can just you know click and sit through a bunch of ads, and then eventually you'll be able to watch a movie for free like fmovies.co, something like that. Go to DuckDuckGo and just type in fmovies. There'll be a bunch of websites. Um, and this one was called Swallowed. And Swallowed is like a gay horror movie. So basically, this is the plot of the movie. There's a hot guy, and he gets offered a deal to move to L.A. to film porn. And basically, he's got a really uh, hot Latino boyfriend with a huge cock. Uh, and you'll see his cock in the movie. Um, and, it, you know, his hot... By the way, his hot... The, the movie's written horribly, right? The movie's written horribly. His hot, straight... Latino boyfriend with a big dick um, doesn't want him to go do that. He's like, hey, you know, stay with me, we stay together, you know. He's like, you know, was like, oh, I thought we were, you know, a thing, you know, all this stuff, you know. Anyway, so the the hot uh, straight big dick Latino uh, decides that he wants to uh, make some money for his boyfriend who's going to move to L.A. to do porn. So he does a deal with this chick who's apparently like a drug lord or something. Which This, this is the main problem on my 
with this movie is that they hired a lot of people that are kind of unbelievable. Like, so there's this like little girl that's like running around with a gun, like, you know, like she's a badass gangster and they're all like, who like they're supposed to be afraid of her. I'm like, just punch her. She's a bitch. Like, just take her. I mean, you're a man, right? Just take the gun. She's not a believable character. Like I'm not intimidated by this person. Anyway. So, She's like, okay, I've got the. You know, he's basically he agreed, the uh, hot straight, with uh, you know, asterisk straight asterisk maybe gay, um, fucking a dude, straight guy that's fucking a dude, Latino, big dick Latino. Okay, so he decides to do this deal with her, where he's gonna uh, smuggle drugs to somewhere. I done forgot where they're supposed to take it, but they're supposed to smuggle drugs to this place for her. And she's going to give them like thousands of dollars to do it. Well, the problem with this is she didn't tell him that they're going to put the, the drugs in condoms and he's going to have to swallow it to smuggle it to where they want to go, which this just doesn't, the whole premise of this movie doesn't make sense, but it was entertaining just but if you're gay and you like hot nude guys, this might be a movie you want to watch just to see the hot nude guys. So um, basically they swallow these condoms with the drugs in them, which end up being weird bugs. Um, and, you know, him and his boyfriend, uh, they have to stop somewhere on the way while they're smuggling these drugs. And they had, they swallowed these things and, they, sw- they force both of them to take the drugs in condoms. And this redneck punches him in the stomach because he's a faggot, you know, uh, in the bathroom. And then, you know, the one of the little bugs gets out of the condom in his stomach. And, you know, that causes him to, like, get an erection and all this crazy shit. And so they this bitch shows up. She's like, why are y'all hanging out here? Y'all supposed to be smuggling the drugs. And so then she takes them to a cabin where they have to pull all these drugs out of his ass. And then this flaming queen shows up that's supposed to be a drug lord, I guess. And they use these bugs to, apparently, people get high off of it somehow. I don't know. Anyway, the bug kills that one guy. And this dude that's left, the dude that's supposed to do porn in L.A., he ends up having to find a way to get out underneath this queen with the gun. And so he ends up, um, he ends up overcoming the odds, we'll say. Uh, and I, I swear the only reason to watch this movie is to see both these men with their cocks out. That's about it. The Latino, we don't really get like, you know, like full frontal, like when you get, you see a little bit of it from angles, you know, you can tell it's substantial, but then the other guy, we get to see it full on and it, he's substantial to perfect, just perfect body. And I'm like, you know, this watching this whole shitty horror movie was worth it just to see this dude naked. Cause he's perfect. Like it made me feel like less of a man seeing him naked. And I'm like, that's the way a body's supposed to look. <laughs> so watch swallowed. It's horrible. It's a horrible movie. The plot's horrible. The plot is horrible. The writing's horrible. The directing's horrible. Everything's horrible. 
but you have two hot lead guys in it. And that's, and I, I mean, literally, I jerked off. Like, like when I, Saturday night when I jerked off, that Latino guy popped back up in my head. I'm like, that dude was fucking smoking. And I, I done forgot his name. I want to think it's like, ah, I thought I wrote it down, but never mind. Um, but yeah, horrible movie, but watch it if you're a faggot like me. That's the theme of the podcast today, just being a faggot. Just being a good old-fashioned American faggot. And speaking of faggots, um, Chick-fil-A has a new commercial. Okay, I don't know what they're doing. So they have all these different commercials that they're rolling out, and they're putting them on Facebook and everywhere else. Well, the first commercial they release is of like a flaming queen gay guy. And he's running around talking about the rest of the team. Like, oh, and this bitch over here, she's like the best crew leader ever. And this motherfucker over here fucked my ass in the freezer last night. And, you know, he's like, he's talking about all his co-workers at Chick-fil-A. And, you know, he's just obviously a homosexual. And, you know, I, I clicked on the comments on Facebook and everyone's like, yeah, I bet Chick-fil-A really agrees with his lifestyle. And I'm like, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, these people spend all their money against gay marriage and against anyone being able to live their lives the way they want to. And not only the corporate headquarters, but even the people who run the franchise tend to be like very Christy, like fascist type people. And they're doing this, but in their commercials, they're actually using a gay guy to advertise to get people to Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, what the fuck? You, You can't do both. You can't do both. You can't just use a gay guy to fucking advertise your anti, I mean, the money, I don't know, what's the guy's name, is it Dan Cathy that runs it? I mean, I'm pretty sure they're still donating money to like the GOP and all these anti-gay groups. And I'm like, that's kind of fucked up, how you're trying to make it out like it's a big happy family and gay people are welcome. But that's just my, you know, the whole time this guy's talking in the commercial, I'm like, I'm like, you can tell he really loves cock. Like, that's all I was thinking. I was like, you can almost see, like, pubic hairs falling out of his mouth. I mean, it's just insane. But this is something I wanted to mention is that Chick-fil-A, look, they got, I'm not in denial like most liberals, okay? Most liberals are like, it's a shitty fucking restaurant. No, it's not a shitty fucking restaurant. They, They have good service and... They have fucking amazing chicken that I love. Um, But at the same time, they also are donating money to fucking, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's not a black and white issue. You know, like the corporate headquarters is donating money to all, you know, against marriage equality and all this stuff. But then you also have gay people that work there. So are you hurting the gay people that work there? Because a lot of these like Christy young people, you know, end up being gay. Well, this is that. End up being gay. So, should you should you 
boycott Chick-fil-A? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to tell you on that because it's like, it's not going to do any good if you do boycott them because they've got so much business because they actually offer a quality product. I just don't want my money. You know, it's kind of like Hobby Lobby. I don't want to spend money at Hobby Lobby because I know that money goes to like all kinds of like Republican causes. And I wish we could have like a ban on companies. Like I think it's different when it's like an individual donating, but when it's companies donating money to these causes, no matter what cause it is, I don't think businesses should be able to donate any money to any charities or political parties or anything. I think that money should go to running the business and paying their workers and doing shit like that. That's just my opinion. How did I get on making fun of a commercial to all this stuff? I don't know. It just, it pisses me off that you have companies that claim they can't pay minimum wage. They can't, or can't, you know, pay a living wage, but they spend like millions of dollars a year on lobbying. They spend millions of dollars a year on advertising. You know, they, they spend all this fucking insane amounts of cash when they could have just done the right thing in the first place and just paid their workers and treated people right. And they got a tax write-off probably for sending that money to the GOP. All right. So there is uh, another movie I wanted to talk about. And that is Infinity Pool. So I finally got around to watching Infinity Pool. I've been I've been hearing all the shit about it, you know. But I've been burned because, you know, everybody told me to watch that X movie and apparently that's by the same director. And it was like, watch X, man, it's fucking amazing. And, and X did entertain me, but it wasn't amazing. It wasn't a great movie. It was just like, I'd give it like a, a C plus, I guess. I don't know. You know, I wouldn't rate it. It would not be on my top 100 horror movies list. It would not be on my top 200 horror movies. 200 horror movies. Probably wouldn't even be on my top 500 horror movies list. And uh, then they had that other movie um, that the guy made, um, but I hadn't seen that one yet. There's another movie that he made that's associated with this that has Mia Goth in it. But then this Infinity Pool. Okay, this was, I don't know, somehow these movies are linked, but I don't I don't quite know how uh, by the same director, that, and it's got Mia Goth in it. But Infinity Pool in my opinion, would be on my top 100 list. I don't know where it would be on like, as far as like my favorite horror movies of all time, but it's definitely one of the best horror movies I've seen this year. It's so odd. It's kind of like if David Lynch and David Cronenberg made a movie together because it has the weirdness like the body horror all the weird like you know body manipulation and just odd shit that you would see in a david cronenberg movie with the weird artistic stylishness that comes with a david lynch movie like blue velvet or something um it's just everything like it's it's a it's just a really they did a really good job of just, I don't know. It just all came together with this one. And I, I really love this movie. 
it's got the guy from True Blood, uh, Alexander Sarsgaard, is that his name? Alexander Sarsgaard. And he uh, he's had a good year, right? He was in that um, that Viking movie that I'm having trouble that is late, people. He was in that Viking movie, and now he's um, in uh, this. When those are two like epic god, the Norseman. He was in the Norseman, and now he's in Infinity Pool. And both of these movies are epic fucking masterpieces that uh, will definitely uh, are, are films that I would suggest for people to watch. Uh, but this movie was so weird. So he he goes to this vacation resort. He's a rider. He's got rider's block. Uh, he meets Mia Goth. And she is like, oh, my God, you're a rider. I'm a fan of your riding. Oh, my God, Mia Goth. And she's doing a wonderful job. Like, I think this is her best role that she's ever been in. Um, and you know what? When she wants to, she can actually be pretty. I said this to Burt's Chili the other day. I was like, when Mia Goth wants to, she can be pretty. And he's like, yeah, man, Mia Goth's hot. And I'm like, is she? He's like, yeah, Mia Goth is hot. I'm like, oh, okay. I just always thought she looked weird to me. But, you know, some people are, you know, kind of weird hot. So I guess that's the category she's in. She's weird hot. Well, anyway, so... She's like, oh, man, you need to come hang out with us, all this, you know, I've read your books and all this stuff. So, you know, he starts hanging out with this lady and, you know, they go and um, I guess, you know, I always forget that I should at the first of the episode say, spoilers alert, but y'all know me, y'all know I'm going to say shit and reveal stuff before I warned you on the spoilers alert. But anyway, so... They go on and, like, they accidentally kill someone, all right? They accidentally kill someone. They get drunk and they accidentally kill someone. So there's this weird, like, police force and this weird guy from the police force, like, hey, we can, and I'm glad I went into this movie. It's probably, you probably need to turn it off right now because it's actually I think I enjoyed this movie more because I didn't know anything about it going in. I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. So basically, he gets the choice. He can either be put to death himself or he can either have a clone of himself made that's put to death. And um the the great thing about this movie is you don't know who was actually Killed. Was his clone killed? Was he killed? Um, you know, what was actually going on in the movie? And, you know, and once he kind of realized that there's this kind of loophole that he has, he can do anything he wants because he's never going to have to face the consequences. He's going to have a clone face the consequences. So he can just go around murdering, doing anything he wants on the fucking island as long as he wants because they'll just always kill the clone, right? But is it his clone? Or is it him? Is he really who he is? I mean, there's so much shit that you... Like, it's one of these movies that you could have, you know, a conversation for a very long time about, you know? And, and that's the type of movies that I really, really love to see. All right? So... 
uh, I would suggest definitely seeing um, Infinity Pool. And I don't know why. Okay, there's another movie I actually want to talk to you about, too. But I would tell you from right now, from what I've seen lately, watch Infinity Pool and watch The Whale. Another movie that got shit on that I've watched recently is uh, called Babylon. And this has, um, I don't know, the bitch that's in the Joker movie. Um, ah, fuck. Why, why am I having trouble with her name? Let me look it up on my phone. Let me type in Babylon. Okay, so this movie is a great movie. Now, it got horrible reviews. Let's look on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this movie got a 52% audience score, a 56% with um, the uh, critics. Now, I don't agree with that. I think this was a fucking amazing film. It's just, it's sensory overload is the problem. All right, so when you watch, uh, let me see if I can get these... Um, actors names up uh because this got kind of skewered by people but i don't i think it was unfair and i think that this movie history is gonna kind of treat it a little better than the critics have and the audience have so you know it's got brad pitt it's got margaret robbie it's got so many olivia wilde uh diego calva who's now my new favorite person because he's just fucking gorgeous well anyway so this movie, um, uh, Ethan Supley, it's got everybody in it, but it's sensory overload. So the movie starts, and I like any movie based in like old Hollywood, you know, and this is like basically in the time period of the silent movie switching to talkies. And it's about people who got very popular in silent films and worked their way up through silent films and then transitioned to the talkies so brad pitt plays this um um this actor that's really big in the silent films but then when they get sound he has a lot of trouble transitioning to sound and everything goes wrong with him but then margaret robbie actually transitions quite well to uh sound and and then diego calva's character um you know, kind of worked in both, but then eventually, I guess, left the business because he's like, you know, he's satisfied. He's like, I had a great career and I got to be a part of all this. Whereas other people didn't really do that. You know, other people were very self-destructive and went their own way. Whereas his character kind of like, I did that and now I'm living a different life and I'm proud of it. It's like, oh, okay. Glad to see someone because most people come to a um, a horrible. Most people and most characters in this movie came to a horrible end. Hope I'm explaining this good. But I think the reason people didn't, for whatever reason, connect to this film is because it. The thing about this film is it is sensory overload. Every scene is just layered with all. There's just so much going on in every scene. So it's kind of like. I mean, it's kind of hard to like pay attention because there's so much going on in every scene. <laughs> and uh, I, I would tell you, 
take Adderall, do cocaine, take some meth, and then maybe you'll be able to like take everything in because it's that kind of movie. But this movie has some of the best scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Like the, the scene with Margaret Robbie where she's like, I want to see somebody fight a snake. That scene is amazing. I loved that fucking scene. And uh, the scene where Diego Calva um, uh, has a bag of money and gets in trouble because the money ends up not being real, you know. And there's just so many great, great scenes in this movie. And it's an absolutely gorgeous movie. Uh, the way they filmed it, it's over the top. Um you know, the first like 10 minutes you see an elephant shit on someone and then you see a lady piss on a guy's face in the first like fucking 10 minutes. And it's just wild. It's it's um, just gluttony and drinking and and partying and just, just wild roaring 20s type movie. Uh, it, it pretty much has everything you could possibly want in a movie and i think it was just a little too much and that that's what people couldn't handle is there's a little bit too in every scene there's too much shit going on for you to concentrate and so it kind of like it's like over i mean i honestly think the director must have been on like mdma or something when he made this movie and it entertained me all the way through the whole fucking movie it entertained me all the way fucking through and when i Got to the end, I was like, this movie just was too good. <laughs> it just had too much shit going on. Maybe they should have dialed it down a little bit. But all at the same time, I'm like, I fucking love this movie. I think this is a fucking brilliant movie. And I don't think it's getting the credit that it deserves because it's just like the way it was made was just really awesome. And I, I can't fault it, you know. Um, so I would tell you, See Babylon. Don't listen to what people are saying about Babylon. All right? Just tell them to fuck off. Right? Okay. Now, there was something I wanted to check. I, I always, I've got a little, on my notes here. What did I write down on my notes? Oh! Oh, I forgot to fucking talk about this. So I'm at work the other day. You know, one one great thing about life is that you run into passive-aggressive people that have all kinds of stupid shit going on in their head. And then I get to come in here and podcast about it. <laughs> so the other day I'm at work, and I don't like to talk about what I where I actually work. So you, you need to know half the time I'm lying on here. Okay. When I talk about where, but anyway, cause I, I want to remain anonymous, but anyway, this old lady pulls up to me, pulls up to me. I'm not shooting you. Pulls up in her old Toyota Corolla. And, you know, she looks kind of like she's dressed up. Like, you know, she thinks she's like, you know, like, she struck me as like an old 70-something-year-old woman who was someone's housewife that, you know, because her husband's doing something, she thinks she's important or something. I don't know. You know, this type of woman. She literally pulls up, and she's like, 
Thank you for working. I'm like, excuse me? She's like, thank you for working. And I was just so like, what do you even mean by that? And I went, I went, she's just an old lady. She's just an old lady. She, she, she just means thank you for what you did. And I went, oh, okay. Well, well you're welcome. Have a, have a good day. Thank you, madam. She's like, and she's like giving me this smirk. She's giving me this smirk and this stare, this like old ass woman in her old Toyota Corolla. And I, I just was like, okay. She's like, thank you, just thank you. Thank you for working. And that's when I realized it dawned on me like she's making a political statement with what she's saying to me. And I didn't have the um, wits about me to actually, you know, bitch this woman out. Because what she's basically saying is you're a young person and I don't expect young people to be working. Oh, guess what? I got a wake-up call for you, you fucking geriatric old fucking cunt. Young people are working. And they're working more than you ever worked. Okay? Yes, there are lazy people in the world. Yes, there are shitty people in the world. But most people, them unemployment rate's the lowest it's ever been. What the fuck are you talking about? People aren't working. It's the old, look, we've had a lot of people retire. We've had a lot of people die over the past couple of years because of the pandemic. The employment rate's lower than it's ever been. We're literally in the weirdest economy we've ever been in. The fucking employment rate's incredibly low. Everybody's working. But then all of a sudden, there's like, like there, you know, employers can't get anybody because everyone's working. What? the fuck is this bitch talking about? And, you know, I, I, I can, I guess I can guess, you know, her political leaning. She's probably like, you know, sitting around watching Fox news all day. She probably thinks that a young person like me is out, I don't know, cutting up an avocado and drinking a Starbucks and playing video games. I don't play video games. I work. So does every other person my age and younger. They're all fucking working because you geriatric motherfuckers fucked everything up. Okay. And I, I don't, I don't like to be ageist. Okay. I don't like to blame a certain generation for things, but the only reason I have the position that I have now where I work is because a lot of people retired. I think a lot of people in my age range have had to kind of, you know, like the past 20 years, we've kind of lagged behind because we've been waiting on all these boomers to retire. Now, finally, they're finally deciding to like hang it up and go hopefully die somewhere. Uh, but yeah, this lady, I couldn't believe it, you know, and I could tell, you know, like with her little smirk, she's making a political statement. Thank you for wanking. It's like, fuck you. Okay? And I know we get all frustrated. 
you know, you, you go to the fast food restaurant. Fast food restaurants don't work anymore. You know, you have to wait in line forever. You have people that are just angry and pissed and don't want to serve you. And I mean, I've literally walked into like restaurants where they're just like, we're not going to serve you. I'm not, I'm not joking. I've walked into, this has happened to me so many times over the past couple of years where I walk into a Waffle House and they're like, we're not serving anybody. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not serving anybody? It's like, we're not serving anybody. You're on the clock right now. It's Waffle House. You're 24 seven, seven days a week, 365 days a year. We're not serving anybody right now. I'm like, but you're here. You're on the clock. The door is open. We're not serving anybody. I've had that happen so many times. The other day I went to Arby's and they were like, we don't even got drinks. Like, what do you mean you don't have drinks? We just don't even have drinks. That That's the type of shit we're dealing with. Like, because I think what's happening here is so many people have retired. So many people have died. So many people have decided that they're not going to work second and third jobs. That they're just going to focus on one job. That you have a lot of people that wouldn't be working that are working now. And those might be lower quality people. <laughs> and that explains, well, first off, the restaurant industry needs to pay more. That way they can get better workers. And, um, that that's what I believe is going on anyway. But anyway, I just I thought that was a funny story about I could rant forever about what I think's wrong with the economy, my diagnosis for the economy. But trust me, lady, people are fucking working, and fuck you for thinking that people aren't working. Um, I'm trying to think if I should go on this rant this time or whether I should save it for another podcast, maybe the. Maybe if I record another podcast Thursday, I can bitch about it. But maybe I'll go ahead and bitch about it. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all watch the Joe Rogan podcast. All right. You're probably better off if you did. All right. But I have a lot of free time, so I listen to shit. Okay. Because I have a lot of free time. I'm a truck driver. I'm always in my vehicle riding around. You know, I can't read a book going down the roads, but I can listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. Or Audible. I could have I done the better thing and listen to audible <laughs> which i am going to save my audible book review for the next podcast but this i i have you ever heard of a person named eric weinstein so this this fucking idiot like he's just they they um i don't even know maybe i should save this rant for another podcast because I, I could rant i feel like i could rant for an hour about how much i fucking hate this guy so this guy is like, where do I begin? He works for Peter Thiel. And if you've ever heard of Peter Thiel, he's like just an evil billionaire guy that literally shut down a news organization uh, through suing him to death. And this Eric Weinstein guy works for him. And... For some reason, Joe Rogan, like he's kind of like a pseudo intellectual and a lot of people invite him on to talk on podcasts and just every, like, have you ever just seen somebody and go, that person's a fraud, that person's a huckster. And that, that's the feeling I get every time Eric Weinstein shows up. And so, you know, he shows up and he's like, you know, first off, he pretends to be, um, a goddamn 
a physicist. He's not a physicist. He's a goddamn businessman. He's a goddamn money manager. Um, basically a fucking accountant. And he pretends to be a physicist. And he's always like trying to remind you like, oh, I went to Ivy League schools. and You know, he's always like tooting his own horn. And I mean, it was a waste of four hours listening to this guy. Because he does this thing. And this is something I've noticed with a lot of pseudo-intellectuals. They like to pull shit out of their ass and just pull random facts out of their ass and throw it out there and talk about stuff. And it's just like a script that they're going down. And they're just like trying to get everything out of their head that they can remember about this, you know, obscure subject that they're talking about. But it doesn't really have any bearing on what they're actually there to talk about, right? And this is one thing I noticed that he he does is that he jumped from subject to subject to subject to subject to subject to subject. And you could tell that he was at his house in a mirror rehearsing all this stuff before he went on the fucking, because he was even telling Joe, he's like, oh, but I can't talk about that right now. I'm going to talk about that later. And I'm going to, don't ask me that now. And like, Joe's like, no, 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 don't tell me when to ask you questions, you know, because you could tell all of this is practiced. Like he's rolling out this stuff that's kind of, you know, uh, uh, what I like to call, what I like to call this is intellectual masturbation. He is the king of intellectual masturbation because he would go out and he would talk about, you know, he's talking about this fucking physicist and oh, and he, he kind of comes off. He's like a little mentally ill. Was like, oh God, this one physicist. Oh, he's the only physicist that scares me. Oh, everyone else all debate, but him. Oh no. Oh no. Because he, you'll you'll hear him talk and then you'll kind of giggle like he's having a conversation with himself because he's so smart and it's just like oh god just dude dude take your pills take your fucking pills because you're you're kind of mentally unbalanced at the moment (laughs) um but anyway, don't waste your time with the Eric Weinstein episode of the Joe Rogan podcast. There's much better ones to listen to. Uh, and that's as much as I'll bitch about him this week. Um, I've went, God, it's been an hour and 10 minutes already. So, um, you know, this is Biscuits Buttered with Victoria Vandenberg. Uh, You know, hit us up on social media. I hadn't even checked this. I've been so busy lately. I didn't check the social media. Um, I've been meaning to do so much, but I'm just always running. Um, but you know, hit us up on Facebook on Biscuits Buttered, uh, hit us up on Twitter on Bisc Butt Pod, uh, hit us up on, uh, Podvine, uh, Podvine is a website that exists, uh, it's a front for, uh, a drug cartel, um, and hit us up on Proton Mail, Biscuits Buttered at Proton.me. And um, I'm going to tell you, I like to leave on a positive note. I'm going to tell you, I'm I'm having the time of my life. I'm just having the time of my life lately. And um, I've had a lot of stuff going on. But there's a line from the whale. There's a line from the whale. The one... 
positive thing you can take from the well is despite everything that was going on in this guy's life, he's 600 pounds, he can't fucking hardly walk, his blood pressure's like 300 over 500, he's, he knows he's going to die. But the one thing I remember him saying, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't know, he's like, people care. He said, people care. People are beautiful. And the whole time I'm thinking, how can you believe that? All this horrible stuff that's happened in your life. Everything that's gone bad in your life. You've had so much stress and heartache in your life. But before he died, well, I shouldn't have said that. That was another spoiler. (laughs) But before he died, he told his students to be honest, write something honest. Just be honest more than anything, more than trying to care about your form and everything in writing. Just be honest. And he believed that people 